to rush home also to watch music videos from school. I was like, I need to see the new Fall Out Boy music video, Mom. Oh, you didn't do that when you were in the in the morning on VH1? Uh, no, I, I, was I had to leave late. at like four in the morning. Oh. So they never had them. God, so I'd have to like run home. Awful childhood. You have 4 to get up at 4 a.m. Like, when you're like nine, you're oh. like. <laughs> Gosh. She, she was raised in the deep south. <laughs> that was when I lived in Pennsylvania. <laughs> oh, well. But Still cool. sounds I, rough. Military family. I, I, I've been to Pennsylvania. <laughs> They barely have cable television. Anyway. It's the worst. It's the worst, people. Uh, you're not going to say anything. Perfect. Okay. <laughs> Until I say something to you. Meg knows the routine. I do. Okay. So, see if I can remember how to do this. Testing one, two, three. I, got, I got it, Coletti. You're right. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Testing one, two, three on my mic. Testing one, two, three on my mic. I'm Todd Meisner. And I'm Meg McLaughlin. And we're talking pictures with our new team member. This is this podcast is to introduce you to Jessica Gallagher. Hey guys. <laughs> You've been here three weeks? Yes. Three weeks. Three weeks. We are so excited to have her here. She's fabulous. But this is, I want you to react to this piece of audio. Hello? Jessica Todd Meisner. Hey, how's it going? Good. Did I wake you up? Oh, no, I've been up. <laughs> okay, good. Because I uh, I have a question for you. Yes. Do you own a winter coat? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want a coat. I need to get one. What does this mean? <laughs> this, this means I'm, here, I'm offering you a job. Oh, my gosh. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Man, it's so cold there. I will have to buy a jacket. <laughs> so that's how it all started. I, what, what do you have to say for yourself? Talk directly into the microphone, please. Um, I had no idea what to say because I was like, is this, is this me getting the job? Or is this just like a weird, you own a jacket? <laughs> like, <laughs> you don't look like someone that owns a jacket. And I was like... No, I don't have one. And then I was just like so shocked. I didn't know. I don't know. It's embarrassing to hear myself. You sound about. adorable. I, sound. I thought it's perfect. <laughs> That's so funny. And I don't still don't have a jacket. So oh, you're going to need one. Oh, yeah. It's going to get cold. Oh, yeah. Get cold. But that's so funny. I love that. You need to send me that. <laughs> I will. Yeah, no, it was, uh, I, I recorded Meg when, uh, but I screwed up the audio on Meg. We only had whatever the camera recorded. Mm -hmm. So I had to completely tweak the audio, but that was one of our biggest episodes, really <laughs> seriously. <laughs> it, it, it killed online. Cause I, I guess everybody, you know, had seen the video or whatever, oh but I was yeah. a nerd. You sounded, I was, I was, I cried. Oh my gosh. I, I it was so much fun. Yeah, I know. There's only certain ways you can respond to that kind of overwhelmingly exciting I news. Like I was like. Like, oh, how do I not sound too excited? But also being like, yes, oh, yeah. I finally got it. <laughs> so after the phone call, after you hung up with me, after you accepted the job, like what happened? I think I immediately called my mom and I'm like, guess what? Cross country again. <laughs> She's like, you really need a jacket. That was, I think that was the theme of my entire getting this job is yeah. just you're going to be cold forever. Well, I think it'd probably be fair to mention that she's from uh, Alabama. That's yeah. exactly right. So <laughs> tell us a little about yourself. Uh, well, I guess I'm from Alabama, military kid, so moved around a lot. But I live mostly in Alabama. 
Went to college at Brooks Institute in California, RIP. Um, then I got a summer job at a paper in Decatur, Decatur Daily. Worked there for like two months, then got my first staff position at the Times Georgian. Was there for almost a year and then came out here. Exciting. Yeah, <laughs> I, I would, I'll say that the one of the things that uh, attracted uh, us to you as far as, as a job candidate was the fact that your, um, your year long uh, shooter by yourself, you, you, you didn't mention that. that that's, <laughs> she was the only photographer for a small paper in Georgia. And when you're the only photographer, you work 70, two hours a day and you, yep. <laughs> you bust your hump and you have to learn, if you're good at it, you have to learn how to deal with reporters and mm -hmm. deal with editors and come up with your own stories. And, and you, and it's kind of a, a Petri dish of development very fast. I mean, you have to get, you got to get good at some stuff really quickly. Definitely. And, um, and that kind of ind being independent is, is great. And we wanted, you know, um, your style is completely different than Meg's and Gary's and mine. And that was another added bonus because you, you know, you're, you, you, you have a more long form narrative kind of style and it's, it's a, a great compliment to everybody here. And so that was great. So, uh, very exciting. I think that was one of the things I was scared of though, in the job interview. Cause I was like, you're like, so sports. And I was like, yeah, I like them, <laughs> but I really want to focus on like long term photo story, just like document and you were like perfect and I was like that is the first time that has ever gone over well like it was like not having to be sports heavy was the first time yeah in a job interview well I, I mean we do do sports and you are going to shoot sports oh, yeah. but it, it it's you know I was at this um anniversary uh for the daily Iowa the 150th anniversary of the daily Iowa this last weekend and I I talked a lot about building a staff and when you I think the thing I've learned over all these years is that, you know, when I first took got I got I took over the staff. I was just handed this the people I'd worked with for a really long time, and we've had a lot more turnover with retirement and whatever. And I've learned that when you're building a staff, you're it's like building a basketball team. At this, I mean, there's four of us, so we need to have four complementary shooters and four complementary personalities. And those four complementary personalities, we work in very close pr proximity to one another. We have to, uh, we need to get along. We need to, uh, I mean, some would argue that we have to like each other. I would prefer everybody like each other because if everybody doesn't like each other, then, you know, coming to work's going to suck. Your work's going to not be good and you're going to want to go home or go leave and whatever. And you, you need, so that was, you know, that was my theory and, um, so I, I spent a lot of time talking about it this week. I spent a lot of time talking about the both of you um, hey. this, this, this weekend, like a proud papa. I guess that's, <laughs> I mean, I was just super excited about my staff. And, and um, I mean, I was looking, you're solving problems when I'm not here. Nobody called me while I was out of town. <laughs> we that was our major yeah. goal. <laughs> so what, what is the, for you as a, as a shooter, as a person, what is, can you, is there one thing in your life one event in your life that you can you can burrow down to be the 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 most significant thing that's happened to you like what has influenced who you are the most like what event Man. or series of events i mean 
probably going to college and figuring it out that this is where I wanted to go. Like, this is not the route that I was like going to in college. I was like, I'm going to be a commercial shooter. I'm going to shoot concerts and models. And then I did that for a year. And then I wound up, uh, doing a story in Alabama with drug addiction, just randomly walking into a party and documenting it. And then I was like, Oh, this is it forever. Like I don't, the real life and like witnessing real life that people didn't know was happening around them that I was seeing all the time and experiencing and people had just a blind eye to it in their community is what definitely opened up the photojournalism gates and it's hasn't stopped since. <laughs> so, you know, you, you've, you've attended Eddie Adams, mm -hmm. you've, um, you've interacted with a lot of other photojournalists. Is there any kind of one, is there one shooter or a couple of shooters that have influenced the way you see the world? Oh, so many. I mean, Eddie Adams, love his work. Uh, Ruth Remington, Carol Guzzi. I mean, just Carol, she just, the way she tells, you can just feel the raw emotion in her images that just breaks your heart and makes you want to do change in the world. And I think that's what our jobs are supposed to make you think, make you feel and take action. And I hope that's what we all get to do in our jobs as journalists. Uh, photojournalism, two best things about it, two worst things about it. Best, um, experiencing things that you don't get to experience in a regular job. You get to meet people and experience life. Does that count as two or is that one? No, that's one. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's one. We're harsh. <laughs> so experiencing things that you maybe not get the chance to. And then, I mean, getting to do what you love every day. Is that a, is that a cop out? It's a like, perfect answer. No, <laughs> I agree. I agree with you. Like, I, I mean, photographing people, meeting people, documenting the human experience, I think is the perfect job. And I wouldn't want to do anything else. So now the bad. Yeah. I mean, I feel like it takes a toll on everyone's life, whether you're male or female. Uh, you, make hard choices when you choose this career on leaving people behind or staying with people or am I going to take this job that'll boost my career or am I going to stay with the people? So I think your personal life definitely takes a toll no matter who you are. Um, bad. I mean, people sometimes don't like us and that's scary when you get in those positions, uh, especially in today's age and, it's just we're trying to do our jobs like everyone else is trying to live their lives. We do the best we can, and sometimes people still hate us for it. So, so you, it, yeah, <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. without getting too deep into all of that. <laughs> this question you probably both should answer. You know, the the bad is can be unique to your gender, mm -hmm. um, and so you deal with you end up dealing with and have dealt with some weird, creepy people that, that, that they're not going to do what they, they're not going to say or do some of the things that they do to you guys that they would do to me because I'm a guy. Hmm. Is there one, I guess, open-ended question, advice for young, up-and-coming uh, female photojournalists on how to maybe mitigate creepy people in public or people that you deal with and then is there one story that either one of you could tell or both of you tell that where you've dealt with this and then and you were really happy with the way you dealt with it? 
Um, for me, I know that like the advice that I would give um, from working with an all male staff my entire career, I've never worked side by side with another female. Like I've just never, I, I've never actually worked with a female journalist. Um, and so, or a photojournalist, right. excuse me, sorry. Um, so I think that just in the last couple of weeks, I've learned that some of the greatest advice you can get is by teaming up with other female journalists, that talking to other female journalists, like if you, photojournalists especially, but I mean, I think that just talking to Jess and understanding that we have similar experiences that I thought maybe weren't that bad, but then hearing, you know, it, it's been kind of sad that we have so many different things in common, different experiences, but it definitely is empowering when when there's numbers so um i think the best piece of advice i could give might be a little broad but definitely talk to other female photojournalists because there is strength in numbers definitely what about you agree more uh advice is definitely talk to each other be there for each other i mean it's not only photojournalists but also women in general you always have to be on your toes Mm -hmm. uh which is sad but if there's a risk that you can not take, I recommend not taking yeah, it. Yeah, don't be a hero. Don't be a hero. And also, like, if you're like, man, this would make the best picture in the world, but I'm getting in a risky situation with somebody, you can't take it sometimes. Mm-hmm. And I've definitely had uh, male colleagues be like, why didn't you do that? Why didn't you jump in that vehicle and take off? I'm like, what if I didn't get out of that vehicle right. ever? Like you can think about that and be like, oh, this is just another man that I'm hanging out with. And I have to take that as, is this man an attacker or mm-hmm. is this man a friend? Am I safe? Am I safe? What is the calculated risk for this picture right. or my safety? Right. Because I mean, the picture won't matter if you don't come back. Exactly. Mm-hmm. If no one's going to see that picture if you're not here anymore. Exactly. I think that probably for me, like my uh, my experience, one that uh, I don't know, it's 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 a it's not as egregious. I think I've, I've experienced a lot of things, but some, the one that I continually like, the only experience that I think that I continue to get from men as a female photojournalist is like the names we get called, and in the, and not even in the worst intentions. Like, the, granted, like a lot of these are not malicious, but it's like, oh my god, I know I have numbers of people that'll say, oh, excuse me, little lady, little lady is my thing. That's that's my one. That's the experience I've had court officials or um you know basketball officials mm-hmm. like oh excuse me ma'am the the or little lady these uh these players they run real fast so you might want to stand back mm-hmm. it's like i i kind of get that like i know like you're not telling that to john schultz over there so it's the female equivalent of uh talking slower and louder to someone who might not speak english but actually does yeah, yeah. oh yeah no it's i i joke that i i'm gonna pull the the space jam the don't ever call me doll doll that's one day i might have to do that what about you what's your experience um this is crazy but it was my first big uh me and all my classmates went to minneapolis to photograph the senior games and this was after all of our assignments were done and we're just like walking to convenience stores and we're with a big group of people all girls and i was like don't worry guys i'll protect us i'm six (laughs) one I'm here to take names. Yeah, we didn't mention the fact that she's 6'1". <laughs> so I was definitely there, and I was like, I'll protect these women. I think there was also a male friend that we had also. And we're walking back, and a group of guys grabbed me and dragged me into the street. And everyone froze because I was the one that was supposed to be protecting everyone. Oh, no. And I just yelled, run, I'll catch up. And then I had my f- tiny friend. She's like, 
get off of her. And I'm like, just run. It's always the tiny friend. It's always the tiny friend. And I was like, just go. I'll catch up. Like I, and then on our way back, uh, another group of people, this guy just like grabbed me and it was just terrifying. And that was why you were working? Like while you were working? after we all just finished. Oh, gotcha. So this was just like my photojournalism friends were all there. And then we went back and there were guys and they couldn't believe what just happened to all these. And they they never believed any of that stuff right. ever happened to women until like we came back and we're all like shaking and we didn't know what to do and like I wasn't allowed to go out by myself after that because I would get on public transportation by myself on that trip and I had a guy grab me by the back of my hair and tell me he likes redheads. Oh oh yeah she's so, a redhead. So yeah <laughs> another little yeah, another fun, little redhead. thing. But like it's like the rest of that trip I was then I had to be with another male. Yeah. person and yeah. that like I couldn't go on certain things because I had to have someone with me because I kept running into a situation where there would be some guy that would either follow me or grab mm-hmm. me and it didn't matter if I was with a huge group but they wanted me with someone that's terrifying I did I know that like it's always an interesting experience too when you talk to other male especially male photojournalists oh, yeah. when you explain your experiences I mean and the staff so that shocked. I work with now obviously mm-hmm. I mean Obviously, my he's he's not shocked by it. I, he yeah. he's seasoned, but um, when you talk to younger male photojournalists mm-hmm. and you'll or if they see you know inequality or some sort mm-hmm. of weird gender discrimination, it's it's always interesting to see how shocked. Like or it's like, like I can't believe that you? happened. Like it seems like that's always you know a story, but it, it genuinely is real life. But exactly. yeah, no, I, that's always a weird experience when you watch that. It's both yeah. gratifying because it's like, mm-hmm. oh wow, now he believes me. But mm-hmm. it's also like, yeah, this is true. Yeah, and this was my first like real photo journalism as a group endeavor and it kept happening and I kept getting scared and it almost turned me away from it because I was like I can't be out in public without being grabbed or harassed so women that are in that position it sucks because you want to cover these assignments but if it if your safeties I highly recommend just not doing it yeah you know I, I read an article there were some female photojournalists who had resented male editors not giving them assignments that they would give male photographers because they had some thought that there was some danger that might be too dangerous for them. So I'm pretty sure that this article predates the Me Too movement, hashtag Me Too, um, and the Harvey Weinstein scandal and all of that. I think it predates that, but I could be wrong. And I believe it was in the NPPA um, magazine. But it it uh, it was an eye opener to to remind me as an editor to not do that, and I don't think I ever have consciously uh, not sent somebody to something because of their gender. I don't think I've ever done that. Um, at least I hope I haven't. Um, but I have to make sure that in the future, with a staff of fifty percent female that I have to, you know, I owe it to you and our readers to not, um, to make that decision, you know, consciously or subconsciously, you know, you can make the decision if you want to shoot the assignment, if you think it's safe or unsafe. Well, just to add on what you're saying, I think we should be the ones deciding. You give us the options of these assignments and we need to be the ones that are spoken up and being like, that's too dangerous for me. We need to be given options and not told what's dangerous and not dangerous. 
because I know what I'm completely capable of. And I know Meg knows what she's completely capable of. And I don't want to be restricted in any way. And I think that's what a lot of us fall into is we don't want to tell the stories that we've gone through just because we're afraid people will be like, oh, well, she can't cover these assignments anymore. No, I don't want to be restricted. I want to be able to talk about these things, but I also want my freedom of still being able to do my job that I know I can do very well. And I think every journalist, photojournalist feels that way. We can do our job. Sometimes people come in and obstruct us from being able to do our jobs, but that happens everywhere, but we're going to handle it. We need your support but don't restrict us in any way. I know that um, I'm really glad that you're here because I mean, while I, I, I'm very privileged in the sense that I've never experienced that because my editor is, has always got it. I mean, like it didn't take an article for my editor to, to, mm-hmm. to know what exactly you just said. So it's really great. So yeah. um, the, I can definitely empathize. I know I, I, I completely, I'm not surprised that it happens, but it's truly really awesome because we have that here. Yeah, exactly. I love working in a, newsroom that also has women it just makes a world of difference as as I have amazing male colleagues and co-workers but having a woman to discuss just everyday things that we go through is just yeah that's been really fun for the last Mm -hmm. three weeks I know (laughs) Mize is he's enjoyed it I'm I'm so excited that I mean, I had phone calls with both of you on Sunday when I was driving back from Iowa City. Meg had called me to alert me to a a potential problem that, and Jess was there when it happened. So I'm stuck in my car. I might as well, you know, hey, you know, Meg says this, you know, do you have anything to add? And you had things to add. But then I hung up the phone when I was on the off ramp and I thought, oh my God, these two young women are awesome. I mean, they're <laughs> in, they're independent. They think for themselves. They, because um, uh, you know, I, I'm married to a, pin, a woman with opinions and and isn't afraid to uh, express them and act on them and and is passionate about the things that she's passionate about. And my mother was the same way. And my mother in law and all my sisters in law and and so the, the your strength is just such a huge asset to this newspaper and this this news organization and to my life because I think that Meg will Meg has been in a in a dude cubicle for four years. I mean she was this It was fun. They've all been great dudes. They were she was this pink haired kid that came in and now she's it's actually pink. Yeah. Yeah. That interview in the coffee shop was, I'm like, whoa, that's some seriously pink hair. Kid. I've grown up in three years. Yeah. And so, um, but it was time um, to shake things up in a serious way. And, and I don't, I didn't hire you because you were a woman. You, I hired you because you were the best candidate and you happened to be a woman. And one of the benefits of your being a woman, how many times can I say woman in the same sentence? <laughs> um, is, Not enough. Is the, is the fact that you two will grow together and benefit from each other because you have different shooting styles, you have different um, strengths and weaknesses. And then, I mean, it's just that you guys can help each other. And I'm, I'm, I've been proven correctly in three weeks. I, I it's like it's like a ten thousand pound gorilla is off my back because this was a huge decision. Hiring you, hire. We had so many good candidates, and the the good candidates that are listening to this, you were all. I've told them personally. I called each one of the other three candidates that were finalists that had interviews, and they were all really good. They would have all 
done well when they got here, but they but that in building my basketball team, I needed a I don't know, are you the three point shooter or you, how, what do you want to be? I don't know. I mean, yeah, you get to pick a player. Yeah, yeah, you get to pick a player. I mean, you could be the shooting guard, the point guard, whatever. Just don't pick uh, Kevin Durant. Yeah, and so it was a mix that needed to be to thing, and you know, you cross your fingers, just like she's moving all the way from. <laughs> Georgia to come to Illinois and I hope this works you know so it's working it's fabulous and the, the, our readers and, and everybody in the newsroom will benefit from it and I'll benefit from it and I, I just welcome aboard yeah it's so great to have someone that also appreciates dresses with pockets that, that has been That's what so I'm here great. for. It's going to be fun. It's going to be great. It's been wonderful. I, I have nothing to add to, to dresses <laughs> with pockets. They're I have great. opinions about <laughs> shoes. I, I, I grew up with a shoe designer. I, I, have, I, I, can, I can hold my own in shoe conversation with the ladies. But I, That's where I fall. He does. Flat. He can. Dresses with pockets. I'm out. I got nothing. But that's why we have you. (laughs) I got nothing to add. Well, um, is there anything that we need to know about you that uh, we didn't ask? Anything that you're, well, what what are you working on? What what do we got coming? What's coming from Jessica that we'll be talking about on future podcasts? What Um, stories you got? You got a couple stories in the works already. Yes, I am working on a story about witchcraft and witches, which is the best. I've got an amazing subject that's very open and her community is open. And that's that's my favorite thing that I'm working on right now. And it's so much fun to be at a paper that wants stories like this and is pushing and open minded. And we're allowed to push things and create. And it's my favorite so i'm pretty that's the one thing i'm pretty stoked about it's gonna be cool you'll have to check it out we'll have the we'll have the (laughs) witches podcast (laughs) and the one thing i i was gonna i was gonna write a blog post and it's gonna be entitled i i enjoy a good glass of whiskey too (laughs) oh i love it i love it which was a line in in uh in jess's cover letter (laughs) and it would and she did she we talked about this in the DI the DI seminars this uh, things this last weekend and it was about you know letting part of your personality come through in this letter and how you will benefit the paper that you're applying to and how it is you've done this in the past and um, and the little bit of personality that she added in her cover letter was that she mentioned that she she enjoys a good glass of whiskey on occasion and I can guarantee you no one has ever written that in a cover letter. And, I, and I've told the story to a couple other editors and a couple of them like, oh, that's cool. And a couple other of them like, what? Mm-hmm. And, and I'm like, well, then she wasn't going to work for you. Mm-hmm. And I thought, and the thing is that after all of that, I didn't, I had to call you back or text you to find out what whiskey you like because I forgot to bring it up in the interview. So funny. It was a very risky move. I was like, man, either this is why I'm not getting jobs or I'm going to get a good job out of this. Very, I was worried for a minute. When Mice told me that line, I was like, oh boy, she's going to scare me. (laughs) Like, I'm kind of little and soft. So I was nervous, but it's cool. Meg's, Meg's exact words were, Bold choice. <laughs> that was my word. Yeah. That's so funny. So what kind like of, it. for our scotch drinking or whiskey drinking? Oh, um, Tennessee honey forever. I'm from the South. That's what I lived off of from the legal drinking age until now. Yes. We mentioned that, that we do not encourage underage drinking, drinking on the Talking Pictures <laughs> podcast. Legal age. Says no. our lawyer. <laughs> um, 
you know what? Well, maybe we'll just do a whole podcast. We'll bring Welverd in. Now, Welverd's the, who's not here to do the podcast. He, he's the whiskey guy. Mm. So uh, maybe we do it at his house offsite, and then we <laughs> actually have whiskey during the podcast. Perfect. Because they don't let us have whiskey at work anymore. <laughs> They don't like us smoke in the newsroom. They don't let us drink in the newsroom anymore. The 2018s are so boring. <laughs> so boring. All right, kids. Thank you very much. I shouldn't say kids. Can I say kids? Is you kids insulting? Kids. I, I don't think so. Okay. Who doesn't want to be called a kid if, okay. if you're old? I'm a y'all person. Okay. Y'all y'all been great. <laughs> We're going to adopt a y'all policy here. I love it. Talking Pictures podcast. I love it. Yeah, when I interviewed her, I was expecting more y'alls, and I had—I think I had to ask for one. Did I have you to? Did. Add, you I did. You were like, so You're, when is the southern accent going to Us like, Midwesterners love southern accents. <laughs> <laughs> it's a trick. Do it again. <laughs> All right. This has been an awesome podcast. I'm Todd Meisner. I'm Meg McLaughlin. And I'm Jessica Gallagher. And we're the Talking Pictures Podcast. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for listening. The Talking Pictures podcast is produced by Todd Meisner with help from Todd Welvert, Meg McLaughlin, Jessica Gallagher, and Gary Crambeck, with a special thanks to Laura Frames and Laura Anderson-Shaw. The music was provided by Kevin McLeod at www.incomputech.com. To see some of the photos and videos discussed in our podcast, be sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and our blog at talkingpicturespodcast.blogspot.com. Make sure you never miss a podcast by subscribing to the Talking Pictures podcast on iTunes, Podbean, or any place podcasts are distributed.